0: Welcome to For the Love of Books, Bee's Books edition, a podcast by North Larcher Libraries. Hi, this is Paddy, And this is Jenny. And we're here to talk about Bee's, Bee's Books. Books. Yay, we're getting much better at that. Yes.
1: <laughs> so this time the theme was based on my terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible state of affairs. Are uh, you feeling better so. though? I am, yes. Good. Though Good. Uh, very uh, scarily. Today so there's like we're recording when there's been a couple of storms back to back and I sat on the way I usually come by train from Glasgow but today I had to get a bus and the bus was crowdedish, mm-hmm. so we couldn't have one seat to ourselves and I went sat next to this man who as soon as the bus started, started coughing oh, no. and coughing. <laughs> so if I come down with the flu again, I'm
0: going to haunt him. Yeah, absolutely. For the rest of his life. <laughs> Hopefully though, you're immune for a few, Hopefully, few weeks yes, anyway. but I am. Yes.
1: I feel much better than I did Good. the last time. Good. But, which is all coming around to say mm-hmm. that like, much like the man who was mm-hmm. sitting next to me, yes. the theme is germs. Mm-hmm. Or germ. Germ, germs, germs. Germ, mm-hmm.
0: germs, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to see how you've interpreted this theme for B. So I'm not entirely sure B is going to be happy with my oh. choice because I've kind of um, went round the houses ah. um, to get where I'm at. Excellent um, <laughs> phrase, round
1: the houses. So
0: I have chosen All the Lonely People by Mike Gale. Okay. And there's nothing on that cover that's going to shout germs to you.
1: Maybe yellow, like the cover is all yellow so you know it feels like a very...
0: Sort of germy colour. We're going to go with that then. Mm-hmm. The reason I chose it because it was a germy cover. <laughs> <laughs> There's no germs inside. But I'll explain yeah. uh, sort of how I got there. But I see you have two books I there. do.
1: So I I think we will be happy with at least one. That's maybe good. More, <laughs> because Station Eleven is one of my... Um, that sounds like she's a cult (laughs) leader of some sort which there is a cult in this book as well but it's station 11 by emily saint john mandel which is quite a mouthful to say i have realized but it is very much about germs because it is set 20 years after the flu pandemic that wiped out 99 percent of the population (laughs) led to downfall of technology cities like civilization basically mm-hmm. so yes so very germ. oh it's germ- a fiction book uh-huh, it is oh. yes okay and my second offering is more metaphorical excellent <laughs> German it's called The Librarian a memoir by oh. Ali Morgan okay and it is a memoir set in uh, like it's about her work in public libraries in mm-hmm. fact in a small Scottish oh. library nice and she writes about all her experiences there and there my idea for a germ is that the germ of a good idea, public libraries. Excellent. Uh I think I've said this before on this podcast. I I say this to people all the time. But basically, I've read about this as well, that Mm -hmm. if you were to propose the idea of public libraries today, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it would actually exist. Uh Like, I don't know how many people or the governments or rich people or whatever, whoever started funding the libraries, they would think of it as like something that is worth their money mm-hmm. or worth whatever so the fact that it was
0: many years yeah old.
1: and it was a good germ of an idea germ of an right, idea and we're very yeah, so thankful that's...
0: for that germ of an exactly. idea exactly <laughs> uh-huh.
1: so do yeah, so, oh. so maybe we will be happy with right okay I, i'm sure she will be happy with
0: you not so much with me that's fine so t- <laughs> tell me about your book though so basically it is all in the title all the lonely people and it is about a book it's a book about a man who realizes he's lonely um, and it's what he goes on to do about it. So um his name is Hubert Bert Bird. Hubert Bird, that's quite difficult to say oh, as well, sorry. Jack of <laughs> names to do. Yes. Um and he came here from um I believe it's Jamaica back in the sort of fifties. Um and there's kind of two stories going on. There's the main story, like the main now set now, and then it kinda dips back and forwards um from the past. So when he came here, when he got his first job, the kind of um people were quite bad to him to begin with and then he found true love so all that is kind of interspersed with what's happening now oh, um
1: right. and
0: this was originally going to be my book for our last um topic about enthusiasm because a customer bought this back and said it was the best book she'd ever read ever in thai oh. history of old books she oh. absolutely oh. loved it <laughs> um and oh. so i took it um but i didn't have time to read it um before yeah. um but um, oh, I
1: love I that, that glowing
0: recommendation. Uh-huh. She didn't tell me anything about the story. No. She just said fantastic. Um, so I thought, oh, I'll, I'll give that a go, and I really enjoyed it. I cried three times, maybe, on my lunch break, which is never <laughs> a good thing. Um, but it's just a really nice, nice story. And basically, my idea was loneliness can be seen as a disease, uh-huh. and that's how I got there from germs. No, so that's exactly sure. what
1: I was going yes. to say. I was like <laughs> Loneliness is an infection plaguing (laughs) the nation, plaguing the world, so I think we should be thrilled, I mean, maybe not thrilled about the loneliness epidemic, but (laughs) see,
0: I see the loneliness epidemic, people see that as well. Exactly, and that's exactly what this is about, so Hubert um, lives on his own now in this house and basically he doesn't really talk to anybody and you don't kind of know what's happened, but as the story goes on, you find out his wife passed away a while ago and um his son's away and his daughter's away but he takes these phone calls once a week from his daughter who moved to australia mm. um and at the beginning of the book basically she says i'm coming home for a couple of months um, and he's realized that over the last however long he's been talking to her he's been telling her real lies, we porcupine lies, oh. and basically making out that he's a social butterfly whereas he's really not so he suddenly decides he needs to Go on a mission to find some friends before she gets there, so that she doesn't shout at him. <laughs> Um And because he's been telling stories about how Dottie helped him through the flu and bought in like soup and stuff, and Aww. you know, I think it basically wanted to make her feel yeah, okay Becca. about not being yeah. in Australia, not being with him, being in Australia. So he suddenly has this idea. Meanwhile, um, there's a new neighbour, um, a young um, single mom, and she chaps the door um, because she wants. To be part of the community um, and she finds it quite difficult because nobody I mean you know nobody talks to each other now you can live beside the same person mm-hmm. for the last 10 years and you won't know anything about them yeah. so she kind of traps the door but in his head he needs to have friends who are his age because that's what he's told his daughter Rose so he kind of brushes her off to begin with but then that kind of develops and um, it's just lovely and then there's a twist oh that there's like a total twist Um, oh, and okay. I was like I did not see that coming. Ah. Um, it was one of those twists where you go, Okay, I have mystery pages there, what what happened? And you go back a bit and you go, No, no, that's okay, ah, right? Okay. Um and then basically um I didn't think this was going to be a no. twisty book. <laughs> I, I was really surprised. Okay. Um, but it was like, it was well done. It was well done because you didn't see it coming. That's good. I didn't see it coming. Yeah. Some people read it and go, Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um but it's, it's just a lovely book and it is about basically loneliness, mm-hmm. how people go through their lives and just don't see or speak to people as, as much as you think. Yeah. Um, and there's one character in it and she says, basically, she's lonely, her husband left her um, a few years ago um, and she says, and I'm out and about, I go to the garden center, I do this, I do that. So people think that, uh, you know, I'm talking to people and all that kind of stuff. She says, I don't, I'm, I'm still lonely yeah. because I don't have you know that companionship and things like that so it's a book about different types of loneliness as well yeah. but Hubert, he, he's that kind of age, I think he's around about 80, you know his friends have drifted away, passed away, they're in a home and things like that Um, and he's just suddenly realises that he doesn't have anybody mm-hmm. um, apart from his cat um, who he didn't like to begin with but just kind of made herself at home um, as cats I do, think, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just invited herself in and that was <laughs> it um, so yeah, it's just just um, quite an unusual book. This author, Mike Gale, has not been on my radar at all. Uh, I've but will go and read some more of his stuff now. Um, but yeah, it was it was just a really interesting look at it. And also
1: that just like you talking about it, it just makes me think. One of that's one of the reasons I think I love working in a library, mm-hmm. because you get to talk to so many people, and as some of my our co-workers have said that for some of the people who come in we are the un- probably the Absolutely. only people they are talking to in the day yeah. and for me that's such an important sort of community service the library provides because Absolutely. it's you know you maybe that's like just a small part of their routine that is actually but really important you mm-hmm. know there are some people who just come in at the, the same time every week yeah. or every day even to use mm-hmm. the computers or to you Chat with either us or with their friends. Yeah. Like the libraries have become a space for just hanging out.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, there's one bit in the, the, the story where he goes into a shop and he talks to the, the checkout person who has been obviously been told, you know, ask people how their day are going, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And they just do it automatically. But he suddenly realizes that that's the first person he's spoken to in a week. um And he can't be bothered basically answering the yeah. person. And because the person's doing it automatically, they don't even care that he doesn't answer yeah um you know so there's a wee difference here as well in a shop Absolutely, and in a library yeah. mm. you know we, we will talk to you yeah <laughs> sometimes whether you want us to or not yeah. um but, um, yeah, there's also a librarian in it who joins in the, the committee to, to end loneliness, um, and he kind of says the same thing, you know, he's a wee bit late to the meeting because he's just um, had to get rid of somebody who's come in and fallen asleep, yeah. um, you know, things like that, you know, that this person's come in, it's a nice warm space, you know, just falling asleep in a corner, not doing anybody any harm. Yeah. Um, and He said, You know, I know this guy he comes in every now and again, you know, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but yes, a very interesting look at things.
1: I also wonder the person, like, obviously, not making any assumptions mm-hmm. about uh, the person who recommended this to you, but you know, the books that you most love mm-hmm. find you at the correct time, like, if yes. you read. A book at a different time in your life and you're a different person mm-hmm. it some of the books don't touch you as much no, or exactly. as resonate as much so I, I wonder like even with her either if she's exp- or they yes. I don't know who it is but if they've experienced it mm-hmm. or they know like or are experiencing it right now yeah. or they know about it through secondhand experience mm-hmm. so that's why it spoke to them which, I think
0: as well depending where you are in your life you might think suddenly think oh you know that's my parents yeah. you know I don't really think about it but you know they don't have friends that they used to have and if one of them is to go the other one would be left on their own yeah. um, you and know. even
1: young people like for me when I moved uh like mm-hmm. because I've come so like like Hubert I guess immigrated from another country here mm-hmm. and like it was fine when I was doing my master's but after that when most of my friends and family are scattered Absolutely. around the world, you know, so it's not even like always an age thing, it's just life circumstances. No. Even within Scotland or the UK, if you move to a new city for work or for Absolutely. after getting married or whatever, it's really difficult. Like you said, we don't really have the kinds of communities now, especially no. if you've not grown up in them. Exactly. So, how do you make friends as an adult? You yes. know, everyone has their own cliques uh-huh. or their own sort of either family or co-workers or whatever yeah. so the fact that you know his neighbor like was making an active mm-hmm. effort it can be really difficult no and she, she says
0: that ashley her name is um you know she she ends up basically saying can you look after my daughter because yeah. i've got nobody else to look after her while well, i go for a job interview yeah um, and he kind of says oh, oh okay i mean um, if you didn't like a cat <laughs> <dad, laughs> a daughter <laughs> or something so, so exactly <laughs> yeah. um but you know and she's basically at that point where there's nobody else to ask yeah um but that's a part of being a, in a community
1: yeah. right like with friendship family communities that it's not always convenient like yeah. it's not always convenient to show up you'd rather be doing something else Absolutely. like you know whatever like he didn't want to be answering because he's lost the practice in uh-huh. the supermarket but You need to do things that make you a bit uncomfortable, absolutely, to be able to be a part because sometimes you will be on the other end and then you know someone else will help you.
0: And it's quite nice because as time goes on, like. You know taking that first step and speaking to ashley kind of makes other things happen yeah so there's a delivery guy and he always grumps because nobody's in and he's the one that takes people's parcels Yeah. Um, and then he'll either take them over or somebody will come pick them up but there's no conversation there but he kind of gets to know the delivery driver ah. and one day it's a really roasting hot day and he says to the driver come on in um, and have a, a glass of water you look exhausted um, and he's like oh i can't because you know we're on time yeah, scales yeah, yeah. and things like that. He says, no, if you collapse in your van from heat stroke, you're going to be out of the game for longer, yeah. um, you know. Um, so he's only in for a couple of minutes. But after that, when he sees this delivery driver, there's a kind of nod and a smile and a hello. And then it kind of develops, you know. And again, in his head, mm-hmm. he's thinking, this isn't Dottie. I can't remember the name of the, the people that he made up. But he doesn't realise that you don't have to have friends your own age. That, yeah, you know, it can or be... the
1: kinds of expect, like you expect friendship to mean a certain uh-huh. thing, but it can be like in different ways.
0: Exactly, exactly. So it's, it's a lovely book that kind of shows you the things that go on that maybe you've not really thought of
1: before. Lovely, and I love that. So apart from germs, I think one of the sort of themes that with both... Or like with all three books, is that human connection a uh, bit? Yes. So I I like I talk about I guess Station Eleven first. Mm-hmm. So when you think post apocalyptic novel, right? Like it's mm-hmm. or a dy- I I guess it's not a dystopia, but when you think of a, uh-huh, a yes. civilizational breakdown you have a very specific idea in mind like the horrors the savagery and all and zombies uh-huh. 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 yeah so in this she specifically didn't want to write that mm-hmm. so it's a literary fiction book mm-hmm. it's not like genre fiction so it's not like science fiction or um like fantasy or whatever uh she set it specifically 20 years after because she ho- like in her vision she's like hum- humans will get over that first barbaric period so there was barbarism which is referred to mm-hmm. but it isn't about that so like over the weekend i watched this uh french heist film randomly on netflix <laughs> called wing women and one of the reviews that i was reading about it said that you know it's a french movie so it's like not like a hollywood act, uh, like a heist film where there's like there's some action but it's not like fully action the humor is like more gentle the heist is more gentle it's about more and i felt that a bit with this book Mm -hmm. because it's not like so if it was genre fiction if it was science fiction Mm -hmm. i think it would be much more like actiony and like there'll be like villains and heroes and things Mm -hmm. like that and a Mm -hmm. lot more i guess Uh, Violence, Mm -hmm. Whereas this is much more slow and it's about, so uh, this happened like 20 years ago and it, yeah, the flu pandemic wipes out most of humanity. Mm -hmm. So now people live in small isolated communities because there's not much transport, there's not much technology because it, all the knowledge of it and the systems collapsed. Mm -hmm. So people, uh, there's like, It tran like it travels back and forth in time a bit, so before the before times and the now times, and across a cast of characters. But mostly, it looks at this traveling band of uh, actors and musicians that are a Shakespeare traveling company. Excellent. And they travel to these different isolated communities because they think. So they take this from a Star Trek, or like she, like the author took this from a Star Trek. Uh, quote She said, survival is insufficient. So it's not just about surviving, like mm-hmm. grim uh, the grim environment, it's about art and humanity and hope and the connections that that can foster. So for them it gives them this purpose and like not just the actors and musicians but the communities they travel to mm-hmm. that there's something beyond just thinking of like food and shelter okay. and clothing and like whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. It's a very hopeful book. Uh-huh. And there is like, there are like some like bad, bad guys and like, there is action Mm -hmm. but it's like the French heist movie it's a very sort of gentle kind of thing and Mm -hmm. it's not really about that it's happening Mm -hmm. but it's more about the people and the connections and communities that they form Mm -hmm. so I really yeah I really love like this is one of my I think I don't read a lot of literary fiction Mm -hmm. but I think this is one of my favourite literary fiction it's two weeks in a row that you've done (laughs) although this is set in the post apocalypse I think it's it's actually really good for like maybe people like me who tend to read more genre fiction Mm -hmm. if they want to give it a shot like literary fiction or on the other side if they're yeah. literary fiction people and they want to give genre fiction yeah, dip so their it's toe like, into yeah yeah, it. yeah so it's a good middling glance mm-hmm. yeah I, I
0: would absolutely recommend that it's an one. unusual cover as mm-hmm. well um it's kind of white with bright pink right it.
1: yeah and it's also now a tv series oh. i don't know on what but i know that it exists <laughs> i haven't watched it i've heard good things about it mm-hmm. but it uh, like i think it was difficult for me to uh, like I read this before 2020 so uh, that was fine I think it would have been difficult for me to read it while it was happening because (laughs) I don't want to read about the pandemic but it's I think a more hopeful vision of the aftermath because there are like people who are terrible but there are also people who are more about like connections so mm-hmm. which we saw as well you mm-hmm. know like uh-huh. in, uh, we saw the toilet paper wars yes. of the <laughs> that. but <laughs> there were also people like she like I was reading an interview by her and you know she said that even in refugee camps there'll be musicians or in war zones there'll be plays and like you know in concentration camps there mm-hmm. were like books and like so like people find a way like it can't just be from surviving from one day to the next even though it is Mm -hmm. so that's what i loved about this book and where does it say it uh toronto so she's canadian Mm -hmm. and this sort of traveling band is in and around i think but they don't even have like i mean they do but like a lot of the people most of the 99 percent of the human population is dead right so a lot of the people can't remember what it was like (laughs) before. And it's easier for them. For people who do remember what it was like before, the sense of loss is Mm -hmm. much greater. So it's uh, like they don't know how big the world is because Mm -hmm. they can't travel to as much of the world. It's like Mm -hmm. there's no like airplanes or Mm -hmm. ships or whatever. So it's just, it's a small community, like communities they can only access through and
0: like I guess wagons and things like that and if the internet's gone and things like that exactly yeah so like in the interview as
1: well she said that if she had to live through a post-apocalyptic world like the one she writes about she would like to have a globe Mm -hmm. with her Because she said that, you know, living in like Philadelphia is where she was living at the moment. And she's like, it's so easy to then think that this is all the world Mm -hmm. is. But actually, like you don't understand the cons. Forget Asia and things like even
0: different states. You wouldn't know. So it's nice to know that there's more out there than what. To be fair, I think out with uh, a pandemic, you know, there's still a lot of people that don't realize how big the world is. Uh Exactly. (laughs) And like the different things yes.
1: that exist exactly. yeah for sure so yeah I would like I think I, I think like a lot of people would like this book oh, nice. if they want to give a shot mm-hmm. both either literary or genre fiction no that
0: sounds quite nice yeah. um, and your other book
1: and my other book so this uh, Ali Morgan is a pseudonym it's not like her real name oh. because she became famous and I had a, I didn't know this I think I'd come across her thread uh, on Twitter like oh. a couple of years ago she'd written a thread about her experiences of working in a library and it was quite fun Mm-hmm. and but also like a little depressing uh, <laughs> <laughs> as as in the anonymity and so and it went viral like and she sort of got invited by BBC Scotland and like other newspapers like it went internationally viral and things and then based off of that she wrote a memoir so this is she says that this is a longer form of that viral thread but basically so and she works in a small town in Scotland so i don't know it might be who I'm not large, mm-hmm. small town. Yeah, so it, well, I don't think so actually, because what she's written about. So it's not super old. So she only has been working in the libraries for four years in 2020. So I guess now eight years now. Mm-hmm. But the kind of experiences she writes about, like the coworkers and the management that she had, was really depressing and something no. I don't recognize <laughs> from
0: here at you. the moment.
1: <laughs> But I mean, maybe others, like people who've been working longer here might, yeah. <laughs> uh, because I've only been working here a year, but she had really uncooperative co-workers even, oh. like they didn't really care about the community. Mm-hmm. And it, it was like just a job, I guess. And I, I don't think working in a library can be just no, a job. Absolutely. No. Um, and even the management, like they wanted to make, they, they were cutting hours, they were like, there was not enough service and it was really deprived, like she works in a pretty poor uh, mm-hmm. town, a uh, small town. So the people who like, come to the library really need the yeah. services. So I'll just read the, basically the, the what, what's it called, the description mm-hmm. that, of the book, which te- sums it up, mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, I'm a librarian. Every day I encounter people. I serve the regulars, the crime enthusiasts, the bookworms, the homeless, the eccentrics. Centrics. I can never say this word. (laughs) The jobless, the teenagers, the toddlers, the aged. I know my community well and they know me. The library is sanctuary for some, a place for warmth for others and on many occasions an internet cafe. It's not always the books that bring us together. That's why you might be surprised to hear that I've been a witness to an attempted murder, a target for a drugs gang and the last hope for people in desperate poverty. The quirks of library life. But what I didn't expect was for a simple part-time job to become a passionate battle for survival, both for me and for the library. I'm sharing stories from my daily life to show you that being a librarian isn't what you think it is. Uh, Libraries are falling apart at the seams and we need to start caring before it's too late. So this is my eye-opening account of the strange and wonderful world uh, of libraries, uh, the library that saved me, and I'm, why I'm on a mission to save yours. I like this personal. Painting. So <laughs> she basically she had a bit of a mental breakdown. I say a bit, like a proper mental breakdown. So she had to leave her career, her previous career, and the library that she started working in literally saved her. Mm-hmm. Uh, like from you know I guess like being completely suicidal and like mm-hmm. having all these things but then it gave her a purpose and like sort of helping the community really like sort of reinvigorated her mm-hmm. but it also showed her what desperate straits you know the community that she works in because she had to do like universal credit a lot of job seekers disability payment like all these things that you don't expect you're going to do when you're working as a library assistant. Mm-hmm. And things like, you know, cleaning poop yes. <laughs> in the children's section. Yes. Uh, all these things that you're not, like, the I, I think people, even me to an extent had a very romantic notion of working in a library. <laughs> like for me, I don't think it was about books. It was about people. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize the people come in various... <laughs> <laughs> various forums. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, So she... So like I keep... Like, I think I've recommended many books in the previous episodes of being a love letter to something. <laughs> this is a love letter to public libraries, but nice. also an eye-opener. Mm-hmm. So like I would recommend this both to, I think, people who work in libraries, but people who was it libraries and also people who don't might have like been interested in libraries as a kid but like the state of affairs of libraries now and why they're important I would like
0: people who have never visited a library to read it Mm. to show them what libraries are because I was speaking to somebody recently and they had a preconception of what libraries are that they're quiet places etc etc and then they came into the library and they realised that yes you know it's a noisy fun place and we deal with Everybody, uh-huh. every single kind of person, as as she said there, from, you know, um, mad axe murderers to... <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: and uh, but that's the thing, that's what she's trying to sort yeah. of challenge that preconception as well. She's like, libraries are no longer just, like, books, it's like a community of So there'll be book bugs, there'll be, like, adult classes, like, we have a craft session happening for adults this Absolutely. afternoon, we have, like, uh, and, like, different libraries obviously have different kinds of things, but yeah I think for a lot of people like after a certain time they don't go into libraries either they can afford to buy books or they don't have time to read books but it's not just about books yeah. you know like there are so many people so one of the things she says is that so many people go to cafes and things to work from. And a mm-hmm. library is such a great space to work Absolutely. from. Maybe not when there's book bug no. or something going on. <laughs> it's very noisy. When yeah, that's happening. Yeah. But like that's the thing <laughs> she talks about as well. Like some of them then look at the calendar of events mm-hmm. and then come when, you know, it's yeah. not. And there's different ki- there's I think a space for everybody. Yeah, so there's a time
0: and a space. For, for everybody yeah. in, in libraries and I agree with her um, it's something that's disappearing Um, mm-hmm. and we'd like that to stop because I think there's still definitely a place um, and that's why I said like the germ
1: of the idea I think like and she speaks about this I don't know what council she works in that's why she's anonymous so she could share <laughs> this openly but they look at it very much as a business like yeah. you know in terms of how many people come in and that's what we we'll make the decisions around not that libraries are being paid for by everyone's taxes so they should be free and you shouldn't be trying to profit off of them anyway and that's why she really wants it's like a manifesto of sorts as well Mm -hmm. because she wants people especially people who don't work in libraries to try and save them because they're important not just for like people who work in them but for the community as a whole.
0: Also if there is a zombie apocalypse Um, it's the best place to go to find stuff out Yeah, like the book they (laughs) did if the internet's not there anymore Uh um, you know it's it's somewhere to go and if in your other book there was like a Shakespearean company going away where else are they now going to get the words for that. Yeah. How, where else are they going to get? You yeah, know, absolutely. libraries are very important. I love the connection that you actually found.
1: <laughs> in so 20 years after the flu pandemic, which I mean, maybe the guy sitting next to me was patient zero. Absolutely, who knows.
0: <laughs> libraries
1: where you should head to, like bring art yes. to life
0: again. Yes. Also, they're quite secure places, so. <laughs> Zombies are not going to get in if you don't want them to. <laughs> That's
1: true. So I think B is going to be have, thrilled with your contribution as well because I think we looked at different kinds of germs. Yes. Metaphorical, yes. quite real. Yes. In two cases. I think we've
0: covered everything actually. We have we've done quite well. Yeah. So what about <laughs> next time? So obviously, as you um, mentioned at the beginning, we've had some weather shall we say recently, from snow to freezing temperatures, mm-hmm. minus seven in my car, mm-hmm. um, to winds of yeah. terribleness yeah, um, yeah. so our next topic is weather the storm oh, oh I like that right. it's, it's sh- something we need quite like, desperately
1: <laughs> at the moment exactly oh I can't wait to see what uh, what I'm going to come up with yes <laughs> <laughs> alright thanks so much for listening bye bye